So, uh, we wait in on keys and we wait in on me to figure out how the hell do I keep like, I don't know how I keep doing this. Like my, my headphones get wrapped around my mic and then I, I be about to mess up stuff. But we, screw it, we're just gonna leave it like that for right now. Um, this is Sucio Sports episode 15. I am the captain of the ship right now because I called the audible and said we're going to start on time this week, damn it. I pulled the Janus. More on that later. But, um, nah, we we was laughing in the spaces earlier and uh, I think they still going in that spaces. That's why I keep really late. But, um, that's, that's the wild spaces. Uh, if you're not following the gang already, like, let me get that off right here, right now. Uh, let me pull it up because y'all know I will read it wrong or send y'all to the wrong Twitter account or something like that. So let me just make sure I pull it up right quick. Okay, it's at Susio Sloan 217. Please follow Sloan. Uh, we have, hold up. Of course, at DX Keys, that's Keys with a Z. Uh, we have at A underscore Hun underscore the Shogun. We have M underscore make flyer than you, that's with a U. Uh, and then, of course, we have the most egregious nigga on the internet, uh, that's underscore Sir Laxalot, that's Dre. Uh, who else? Where is Kyle? Where is Kyle's? I need Kyle's. I forgot. I I I'm about to call Kyle about like all kind of handles and Twitters and whatever else. Okay, Kyle's is at Mr. Marvel eighty seven. Okay, see, I was about to call him something else. I'm glad I, I, this is why I, I like to do my show prep and be prepared because I be about to mess up stuff. Oh, he said his life, man, bruh, his laptop be doing the same thing like my wireless stuff be doing sometimes. Like sometimes we just, like I was just on the phone and she was like, hey, my laptop tripped, I'm like, you know what? Mine be tripping too. Keys be tripping like technology is not always our friend. Like, it's great, but I'm just saying, like sometimes it, it really don't be your friend. Um, I forgot to uh, I put the bottle up, but uh, shout out to uh, uh Mighty Vin and Emilio Sparks over at Wrestle Rap. That's at Wrestle with a W R A S S L E Rap. I think it's another WRAP or RAP uh, for putting me on to the kombucha uh, to help you, your, your gut health and stuff like that. This one is um, it's pineapple and I think passion or it, it's pineapple and something. Uh, whatever the one, uh, shout out to HEB, y'all need to be a sponsor. Answer that email. I'm, I'm, I got to keep emailing y'all. 
So we need to collaborate on some food stuff, like for real, for real. Because we need to have, a, a, I don't know, a, a, a chef show, cooking show, something like that. At least once a month, I'll bring y'all like just, I'm going to just start doing it. Just go on the live and once a month, I'm going to show y'all how to cook something. I may do it live. I may record it and chop it up, edit it, make it look good or something like that. Uh, get one of these interns something to do, especially the boy, because I know he knows how to do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we're going to look into that. H-E-B, holler at your boy. Y'all know I'll be tagging y'all on Instagram and on Twitter and everything, Facebook, all of that. Like, Y'all know I love y'all. Y'all can check, check. You can check my, my car. All any card, cash transaction, whatever. Look, look at the look at the camera. I'll tell you which three I normally go to, and y'all can trust me. I'm in there every week, at least once a week. Don't let nobody else tell y'all there. Somebody try to tell y'all I go to HEB every day or every other day. They lie. Maybe twice a week. Maybe twice a week. Definitely once a week. Sometimes twice. On the rare occasion that I may forget something or like I whatever, three, three max, max three times a week. Because I I I hate like getting there and that's why I always park in the exact same parking spot and everything because I just hate going. But anyway, enough about all that. Um, one of the first things we always do on the rundown is we we do play music, but I'm gonna wait for Keys to come in because this is this is something special for him uh, that he requested, picked out, and whatnot. And uh, we'll just throw it in a little little different order because that way he can better explain the musical choice and everything like that. Because y'all know if it's music being picked out and it's something fresh and new, it wasn't me. Nine times out of ten, it was Keys. It was not me. I can't take credit for all of that. Uh, but the week weekend was was dope. Um, football, food, man. If y'all didn't see, uh, I think I posted it. I'm not sure. But uh, I had the bright idea to make a chocolate chip cookie cake, as I normally like to do. Uh, but I mixed in marshmallow cream with it, so it came out almost the consistency. Like instead of being more like a like a thick cookie cake, actual cookie cake, almost brownie like. It, it came out kind of like a, a chewy chips ahoy, like a like a gooey kind of uh, consistency, kind of in the middle, and then like on the outside, it's like a like a nice cookie crust to it. it it's, it's interesting. It's even better, honestly, when it's been left over. And then you put it in the air fryer about 325 for a good two, maybe three minutes or so, roughly. It just depends on what kind of air fryer you got. But uh, yeah, that thing is serious. Now, the thing they told me about this kombucha, it helps your gut health and all of that good stuff, right? Okay, cool. So I'm like, You know what? See, this is what happens when people get your phone number and then they text you stuff while you're broadcasting. 
see, I'm a professional though. Like I was saying, they 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 sent me this, and I, and I was seeing, I was listening to wrestle rap one time. I'd be in the kitchen when I'm cooking. I gotta listen to Sucio Boys first. Like, I think every picture I've posted of food probably over the last year, at least six months, maybe. Um, I've been listening to the guys because they they gonna crack me up, they gonna entertain me, they gonna make me think. Sometimes they make me fuss and cuss at them because we'll disagree, whatever, but they're my guys and I love them and they always keep an entertaining, thought-provoking show. Um, but I, I love listening to them. I'll listen to wrestle rap. Um, typically black wrestling, I'll watch live. Uh, it's certain shows that I can listen to. Uh, those wrestling girls, uh, wrestle realm, um, them. I, uh, uh, Wednesday Worldwide and Cheap Heat, I like to listen to those like right then and there. Uh, the ringers, the guys from the ringer. Um, but then there's some other pods that I like listen to, different stuff like that. But when I'm in the kitchen, it's typically sushi boys. Um, but yeah, that they were talking about the kombucha it helps your gut health and this and that and i was like okay you know what maybe i'll try that instead of uh what is it the probiotics or whatever else it was that i was taking my dumb ass i get the 16 ounce bottle i'm thinking okay go ahead and drink it you know so i'm in the kitchen cooking cleaning you know washing everything up you know putting everything up i drink the whole bottle i post updates along the way Vin hits me back and says, hey, yeah, um, you, you're only supposed to drink like maybe a fourth to a half of a bottle or something like that, depending on how many ounces it is. Uh, so, yeah, if you drink the whole bottle, then, yeah, it'll really get your, your bowl moving or some, some kind of way you put it. So, but, uh, yeah, it, it definitely will get you regular. It'll keep you regular. Uh. I mean, it it's it does not taste great. Uh, it's definitely an acquired taste. But I mean, hey, when you old as I am and you get aches and pains and shit, like you you just be like, hey, whatever helps, whatever helps. Day is got me rambling and shit talking about kombucha and in, in my gut health. <laughs> Boy, hey man, this you, uh, the audience. I was trying to hold back all the good stuff that you got here. <laughs> at least you, at least you educating everybody. Can you hear me, <laughs> bro? I already tried to. Um, I keep forgetting to, to to keep sending that email to HEB. I was talking about that earlier, talking about how um, at one time we were spitballing, like doing like a cooking show, or, like just a segment or something like that. But hit on that a little bit earlier. Um. I missed the intro yeah, song and everything. No, bro. Like, you know, like when it's a special musical choice, you gotta wait. If it was just something I threw on, then I would throw it. Okay. Nah. Nah, we gotta wait. I told the audience, I was it's like, I don't got those keys for that. Because um this was his special selection. Yeah, man. This is uh oh, hold on. I'm still uh in this wild uh, space right now, my bad, right now. Bruh, I was about to pull y'all up. 
was a good boo. When you told me it was like you was waiting on your laptop, I was like, hey, his laptop may kick on at any moment, so let me just chill. These niggas is, is over here. These niggas is wilding in this space, and it's funny as hell. The group chat is funny, but yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, bro, my uh, my homeboy Quan, he from DC, uh, Mer Baltimore, my bad. He a Ravens fan. He do music. And he hit me the other day with this track that he did. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson actually listened to the track. He liked it. Um, he gave him a little feedback on it. Uh, but it's called MVP, and he is a Ravens fan, which is also the intro song. It is going to lead us into the first topic. So. But yeah, this, the song fired him. Uh, his name is Quan Jabril. Uh, when this episode drops, I'm going to definitely uh, make sure I link uh, this song and his, some of his uh, a link to his other music um, in the description or when I post everything. But yeah, bro is yeah. super talented. Yeah? Like from the moment we, we met on Twitter, but uh -huh. from that point when he told me he do music, he started sending me yeah. this shit. I've been a fan. Like bro is, bro is nice. Like I, I saw... I saw some of his stuff come up on the feed or whatever. So I was like, okay, when you sent it to me, I was like, okay, this is Quan. Cool. Uh, I, you know, I was associating it or whatever. Again, as a rule, I just mean my personal thing, me and Keys. When Keys send me something, I do not listen to it until we hit play right here and now. So because I'm not, I'm not as in tune with the music stuff like Keys is. So I let him or you know the fellas. You know, maybe my girl or somebody or the kids, whatever. I let somebody introduce me to new music. So here we go. MVP. Is it playing? Hmm? Is it playing? Yep. Hold up. Yep. Your thing doing that thing again. Hold up. Technical See, this is exactly what I was just telling the audience about. Fucking technical difficulties. Look, we all have technical difficulties, right? <laughs> oh, I know what it is. Bam, there it is. Bro. I had to I switch laptops. Know. One laptop. The main one I <laughs> used was updating. And then the other laptop, I couldn't bring up the camera and the mic on that one. So See, luckily, by the exactly time I got to get a new one. By the time I was trying to figure that out, this one finished updating. So I was like, all right, thank mm -hmm. God. But then it was moving slow. It was a lot. It was pissing all me right. off. All right. Second time to turn my props. Uh. Gotta be fucking kidding me. Any of y'all that are not new to Susio Sports, you know this happens. Oh, this shit is crazy. Quite often.
Hey. Sorry about that. I'm getting text messages. <laughs> hey, man. Damn, I was muted the whole time. Uh, I was going to say, it's only in your headphones, too. What'd you say? I said, if you were playing the music, we still couldn't hear it. There we go. Did it play? Hello? It didn't play. No, sir. What the hell? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Bro, I think you jinxed me. Because I swear, I had it like, I was like, all right, let me test it. I see, because I thought you said it was playing earlier. Uh, is it turned down? No, nah. it's like it's like all the way up. I don't know. It's it's like I can hear it, but it's really faint. Let me see if I can. Technical difficulties, guys. It wouldn't be us Man, if we didn't. This. Tell you that. I quit. <laughs> we'll get it right. Fuck <laughs> we'll it. figure it no, out. We're going to figure something else out next week. But uh, yeah, we tried. I'll still drop the link for Quant. I'll still drop the link for. Uh, yeah, MVP I'm about to tweet it out right now. Because, like, um, the song fire. I was going to say, yeah, I'll tweet it out too. The song fire. Yeah, bro is like. And I'm not just saying it because I fuck with the nigga. Like his music is is fire for real. Yeah. Like, like I was I've told, I've told like, him, I'm sitting I hate like, hey, hey, in the chat right now. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Like this, this dope. And then I'm broken. Even you, more though, frustrated because can't nobody in this shit. I've told him so many times, like, bro, I hate local artists. I don't whether they from my area. I, I hate mm -hmm. local artists, but that that shit, the shit, bro, does is fire for. Real. Real. He's in the chat, guys. If y'all want to follow, if you're watching, right um, Quan is in the chat right now, so you can definitely. Quan, what is your Twitter on his name? Mine won't pull it up. Like you know it's, how um, it, it, it If you go to the Susi, go to the Susio Sports uh, page and go to the DMs. I bet. I knew it was somewhere on one of the pages. I just had to remember which one. I thought I had it on mine. Here we go. Bro, just give, give it up, dog. Give, give, give it up, dog. It ain't hey, bad. bro, she is drunk and it's funny as hell. Like, seriously, bro? <laughs> yeah. You missed the bet. Dog, I love that I can talk about this like this while I'm still in the space. Matter of fact, I'm about to put my headset on so I can listen while I'm talking. Hey, These man. Niggas, bro, 
when I tell you Shorty is in there lit now, at first it was like a cute drunk where it was like, okay, now she's like belligerent, but the shit yeah. is hilarious, dog. I'm going Bruh, like, it, it'd be funny because like like when y'all when we, when I when I hopped in earlier I'm like okay I'm off work use the bathroom all right bet I could put it on put on my Bluetooth speaker I'm listening to this stuff I'm like all right let me make sure we do the show and everything and Sierra's in there talking shit like, well, y'all know this yet? Well, no, we don't. Because it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday about 8.30. We'll figure it out on that day if it's going to be Tuesday. Because you, it's like, honestly, like we be clowning around with it, but it's like life be life. And sometimes you got some shit going on. You can't really do Tuesday. Wednesday will be better or whatever. Like. Sometimes you it can't be really a Thursday one. Yeah, you never know. Like I mean, just it might be a Monday. You never know. We gotta keep it fluid. We gotta keep it fluid. So one of these days we'll be able to nail down a day, time, and all of that. But for right now, if y'all just sit tight with us, then once we get schedules settled and all that kind of stuff, and you know, we'll figure it out from there. But uh, episode fifteen of Sucio Sports has now commenced since we didn't. I well, I I fucked up the intro song again um but anyway go follow at kwan jabari that's q u a n j a b r i uh and, and please go like share and subscribe on uh his song mvp uh trust me very fire song very very fire song the reason why we wanted to play the song mvp to start the show is because the nfl season has concluded we week 18 was dope Playoffs are here. <clears throat> Brackets are set. Keys posts the question, who is your NFL MVP of the 2023 season? I would say it's tough, man. I got like a little four-way right now between Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. CMC, Okay. I hate to say this, but Dak Prescott. Okay. And Brock Purdy. Okay. I mean, and I really, I really think it's more the other three. I think Purdy's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. BMC has put up an amazing season. Oh, and Tyreek Hill. That's who the fourth was. It wasn't Purdy. It was Tyreek Hill. Uh, okay. Tyreek Hill, uh, Lamar Jackson, CMC, Dak Prescott. It's, it's somewhere in that four. I, I can't. I don't know who exactly, but it, I feel like it's somewhere in that four, though. I'm gonna put it to you. Is like MVP? I'm gonna just go ahead and give it to uh, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. Simply Brock because is. he he's he's played in the most games and been had the most meaningful impact. Of all the guys except here, one. Uh, except for who? Except for that Ravens game. It, well, no, I'm just saying he's played in the most games, had the most impact in the most meaningful games out of everybody here. Like he, he didn't have a real good impact on that game. He had a very that's why. I, but but 
when that's why I'm like seeing wins. Ah, I still put it more on CMC on that team than him though. Without CMC, a lot of that stuff on that offense isn't going to go the way it goes. I feel like that offense, you can put anybody back, almost anybody, back there at quarterback, and that team is still going to be the same team. But I feel like without CMC, that team doesn't flow the way it's supposed to flow. I'm going to put it to you like this. The reason why I say uh, Lamar ain't never have a four-interception game, That that's true. Yeah. That's I, true. He agrees. Is CMC is he the CMC or Lamar? And I agree with that. I like Dak in that discussion too. And Tyreek, Tyreek is there just because of the numbers. Like he's put up some amazing numbers this year mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Um, I still I think Lamar might not Lamar. I think uh, uh, Tyreek might be third in this discussion. I think one well, no, fourth. I think Dak is is third because he's had an amazing season. I can't take that away from that man at all. I may hate that star on his helmet, but I can't take that away from him. Right. Um, but I think I, I'm with you on that Lamar and CMC. Lamar's just had an amazing year. He pretty much shut everybody up, shut all the naysayers up, mm-hmm. shut all the, you know, everybody that was, you know, talking during the offseason about the contract, where he's going to go, the teams that passed up on him, and even the Baltimore themselves that put him through all of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm important. This is why mm-hmm. you pay me the money you pay me. This is why you should have paid me, you know, from jump. And he he went out there and he did exactly what he said he does. And I feel like if Lamar don't win it, it's a I will say it's a travesty. I think Lamar is number one, CMC two, Dak three, Tyreek four. The way I'm looking at it, at least. My my thing is is when you look at Lamar. You look at he had what 36 78 passing, 821 rushing, right at 4,500 yards, right? He had Mm -hmm. 24 touchdowns and seven picks as a passer. Damn, I forgot about Josh Allen. That's woefully behind everybody else. Mm. When you look at you combine his um, his rushing and his passing touchdowns, he still only accounts for 29 touchdowns. Brock Purdy threw for 31 touchdowns. So I'm just saying that that's why I look at look at it the way I look at it. And he, he had two rushing touchdowns. So he had 33 to Lamar Who had Huh? Uh, Brock Purdy? Yeah. He had uh, two rushing touchdowns. So he had more touchdowns. And he, he did have more interceptions, more turnovers. We had more touchdowns, we had more yards. Uh, so that that's why I kind of look at him a little bit differently. Um, Lamar, with his completion percentage at 67.2% this year, that to me was one of his most impressive stats to, to hell with 821 yards rushing from the quarterback position because when you look at what he did with his legs and his arm together this year he put it all together this year 
he didn't lean on having a thousand yard rushing season as a quarterback and, and 10 plus touchdowns as a quarterback. He didn't lean on that this year. Yes, this was his best passing year. That's what I'm saying. And that team is only going to get scarier as they move forward, as they keep adding and tweaking with his weapons and whatnot. If he gets a solid one-two punch at the running back position that he can count on game in and game out, Andrews comes back. Uh, Zay Flowers already looks like, you know what I'm saying, he's going to be a wide receiver one type of guy, even though I, I personally think that he's 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 getting there. He's not quite there yet, especially after his rookie year. But I think that kid has all the ability in the world to be a wide receiver one in this league. Some may not like it because he's he's smaller, but I, I like it. I mean, when you can run different routes and when you can create the kind of separation you can create and run away from guys at the same time, hey, by all means. Um, the thing with Josh Allen, in my opinion, Josh Allen didn't affect as much winning as some of the other guys did because of his turnovers. And I think that's the one thing that, to me, is always going to hold Josh Allen back is his, his turnovers. I can see that. I can see that. It's gonna the race is gonna be interesting though. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see who's gonna who's gonna pull it out in the long run. Yeah, you you can't really like I'm about to pull up the betting odds right now. Because everybody's had everybody that you would put in the discussion has a good case for it, you know. So like you said, Josh Allen's had a good year, Dak has had a good year, Lamar's had a great year. CMC has had a great year. Let's see. Where's the awards? Awards, awards, awards. No, I can't find it. I'm going to keep looking for it, but those MVP odds are, are something I always like to look at because you get a better idea of who's like who's actually the fake? Who's the betting favorite at this point in time? Okay, let's see. Uh, right now, Lamar Jackson is pretty much the odds-on favorite, followed by Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, CMC, Tua, Tyreek. Those are the top like. Six, seven candidates right there for NFL MVP in order of the betting favorites. So Lamar is probably going to end up winning it because they had the, you know, he's the quarterback on the best team in football. So record-wise, uh, to me, that's the most complete team in football because they can beat you on offense, defense, and special teams. And not just beat you on offense, defense, and special teams, they can beat you in different ways on offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, because when you have, I mean, even though Justin Tucker had a down year, he's still the best kicker in football by far. Like, don't get me wrong. And you have to include the kicking game in special teams. You can't just discount those guys. Uh, but when you are the best, you know, player, the catalyst, the quarterback on the best team in football, that, that automatically puts you in the front of the MVP race. Uh, when we're looking at these playoffs, though, these matchups, 
Uh, let's see. In this first round, I'm trying to pull up the graphic. You said this. Okay, here we go. We got the Steelers hosting the Bills. We got the Dolphins. Oh, no, wait. Hold up. Let me see. Here we go. Because I think I got it wrong. Okay, there we go. All right, first up, we have uh, the Texans hosting the Browns. Then we have the, the Chiefs hosting the Dolphins. Bills hosting the Steelers. I knew I had it backwards. Uh, Cowboys yeah. hosting the Packers. Lions hosting the Rams. And then on Monday night, we have the Bucks hosting the Eagles. Hmm. I actually, you know what's crazy? I honestly feel like all of these matchups are perfect. Like each one of them has a story within it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start on the NFC. So Green Bay and Dallas has been a running game in the play- yeah. first round of the playoffs for like what the last at least three, four years that Green Bay has knocked Dallas out in the first round every year. And they have and this year back to I, the nineties. Yeah, I feel like it can happen again because. Green Bay is peaking at, like we all like you always say they're peaking at the correct time. Jordan Love is clicking. He he's gotten his offensive players back. He's got Aaron Jones. He's got Watson. Um, everything with them is working the right way. I think they can sneak one in Dallas. I honestly do. And actually, they're yeah because Dallas is number two. Um, I love of course the Rams and. Uh, Detroit have like the quarterback swap that happened a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. returning to that in Detroit is, you know, golf coming home to uh, uh, golf. Now Stafford going back to Detroit, golf playing his yeah. old team. That writes itself right there. Um, Philly and Tampa played earlier this season. You know, so this is a rematch from earlier this season. So everything mm-hmm. on that side, you know, has a story. Um, still is in Buffalo, same thing, old history, you know, renewed. Miami and the Chiefs have probably the biggest story out of all these teams and games, uh, in this first round. Um, I think, uh, the Browns and Texans is going to be offense versus defense, off obviously. It's that Texans offense versus. That uh, that bolstering Browns defense. So, the first round is, is it should give us great football all weekend, in my in my opinion. I don't think there's a game. I don't think there's a game you can honestly predict. No, I don't, I think don't see. There's because the I feel like any one, of these games could go either way. I honestly think. One. Well, maybe the Steelers in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I got Buffalo trashing the Steelers. <laughs> Because look, when that, when that when that report came out yeah, earlier, that one, and I saw that one that TJ Watt is out, and Mason Rudolph is still going to be QB one this week. I was like, yeah, Buffalo hitting their stride, and they want walking into a walking wounded Steelers team, and they get to host that game. Yep, come on, man, beat their ass, and then. How badly did the Dolphins screw themselves by losing out on the AFC East crown 
which means not only do you not host the game, but now you have to go to Kansas City. And the reports are that it's going to be extremely cold. Extremely cold come game time. Oh, well, now they're saying game time weather, two degrees. Oh, the, the deuces bring up balloons. I I well, put I up a two, two, to two degrees. I don't know. I don't. Next time, you log in and send me the link. I think that's what it is. Right. I'm trying to get the. I'm almost certain that's what it is. But I don't know, man. I think if Miami can get that run game going. Somehow against that Kansas City defense, which has been kind of their defense has actually been their calling card this year, surprisingly. Because you would think a team with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid calling plays, you would think that it would be the offense. To me, their biggest thing has been their defense this year. And I love the way that the guys celebrated when Chris Jones got that sack and he got that million plus dollar bonus. I love the way they all celebrated as a team, as a unit, you know? Like, yeah, we're happy that our guy get this bonus, especially because that helps him make up some of those fines that he lost um, because of the uh, because of the holdout and everything. So it, it was just really dope to see that. But that game being at seven o'clock, on Saturday night, ugh, just I mean, man, I don't, I don't know. I, matter of fact, my homeboy hit me earlier. He he making chili at, at his spot. So, and then I know they're doing a watch party and all of that. I'm just gonna go order my chili, pick it up, and then I'm coming right back to the crib. I'm not trying to get caught up in the mess and nothing like that, but I gotta go, I gotta go support my dog. I gotta go get some of that chili. Uh, shout out to Raul at, at Cobos Q downtown in Houston. Um but I don't what do you think is gonna be the most interesting game this week? Since we talked about you know potential winners, losers, the one game that we both think may be the blowout or whatever. All the different storylines. Which one is going to be the most interesting overall storyline game-wise, all-encompassing, the most interesting game this playoff weekend? I got mine, like, ready. I knew it from the moment I saw the matchups. Like, this is the most interesting overall game this whole weekend. To me, Rams-Lions. Because, like you mentioned earlier, you have the quarterback swap. But the Lions started off this season hot and then fizzled towards the end. The Rams started off fizzling and then got hot towards the end. So you not only have two ships passing in the night, literally because these teams just basically swapped quarterbacks a few years ago, but you have two teams that are going in opposite directions in this football season where one is going up, and the other one's kind of coming down. So they're both like literally two ships passing in the night yet again. And here they're I would meeting. say the same. 
I would say that about Miami and the Chiefs too, because oh yeah, they've yeah. been up and down all season. Mm-hmm. So it's like who's clicking? I like Miami, even though you can never count out the point five. We know this. You can, <laughs> you can never count him out. He's starting to be like Tom Brady, like LeBron, like Kobe. If they in the game, you can't you can't count them out. You know they go yeah. they go give they all until that final whistle. But yeah. I think Miami Miami's lost some some defensive juggernauts. And I think this game is a lot has become a lot more even. Um I think uh the Chiefs letting Frank Clark go is major for them. If I was Miami, I would have picked him up that day. <laughs> I would have picked Man, him up. Look, that day. He went back to uh Seattle and I think Seattle ended up letting him go as well. So mm-hmm. now you had two chances to pick him up and chose not to. It's a lot of people reason? that's out there right now, like that. I'm surprised. Like, I'm shocked that uh, the Ravens didn't grab Jabril Peppers. I mean, not Jabril mm. Peppers. Uh, Marcus Peters. Sorry. Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, bring I'm him surprised back. Marcus Peters is still sitting. Uh, and Dominican Sue is still sitting. Um, Zach Ertz got. I mean, he asked for a release to get picked up. Nobody's picked up Zach. Uh, I thought Baltimore would at least got two of them. They did grab the running back that everybody knew they grabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was major, major. Yeah, that's what's got. I'm gonna be honest. As much, even though we're in the playoffs as as the Eagles, Baltimore looks so good. Baltimore looks great. I feel like the only thing that's in Baltimore's way is Baltimore. Yeah, like that's the only. I feel like that's the Pretty only much. way they don't have a, a. They have an easy path to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And the only way they don't get there is if they get in their own way or injuries or something like that. Like because that team is written is in so the complete. And the one area where they had a weakness already going into the season became a more of a weakness because of injury. They literally just shorted up with a good solid veteran pickup in Dalvin Cook. So they got two of the more name brand recognized uh, players to add to their, their skill positions in Odell Beckham in the off season and then Dalvin cook late season. And those are the two areas where the Ravens have struggled the most over the last couple of years is getting Lamar Jackson playmakers outside of Mark Andrews. So to see them pick up those guys and to see that defense still compete the way they compete and play the way they play, and now to watch that offense be able to follow suit with a dynamic playmaker like Lamar at the tri- as the trigger man, that's pretty much the team to beat. And so I can't wait to see what they look like next round after being off for a week. Almost two, because if you count the game against, you know, the Steelers or whatever, it's like whatever. So being off for, you know, one, almost two weeks, let's see what that team looks like uh, going into the, the the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, keeping with football, though, we have the I'll, – I'll, I'll just go out and say it, the disputed national champions were crowned last night because people are going to want to say that to be – you know, somewhat politically correct or whatever. But the Michigan Wolverines were crowned college football's national championship 
national championship winners last night. The last um, college the fourteen Huskies. college football playoff champion. Yep. When I saw that game, when we're watching that game, and we're texting back and forth, like I said, I said, "Hey, it's about to get ugly fast." And like you tweeted it from the account, and I'm looking, I'm like, "Ooh, we didn't got the ball back again, and they up by two touchdowns already." Somehow, some way, Washington found a way to get the ball back, score a touchdown, make it a one-score game before halftime. Going into halftime, now I'm thinking, okay, now we got a game because I didn't realize Washington was getting the ball back. I totally forgot about that. Okay, cool. First play out the gate, second half. What does Penix do? Interception. And to me, his problem started, I want to say, at the end of that first half or so when he took that hit on the knee. Really, he was getting pressured from the beginning of the game and getting hit pretty much all game. But when he took that hit and it kind of tweaked his leg, I think that really – Going near the end zone where he almost got the safety? Yes. That one – no, that one too. It was whooping his ass all game. They were somewhere around a 20, 30 yard line. And he he threw like um it was a pass. I can't remember where he threw it, but he got his leg got kind of rolled up on. Okay. That one right there was the one to me that kind of like that really started it and expedited him having the happy feet, throwing, overthrowing guys. And it was a play, I believe it was a, a second and long. Cover two. Michigan was in cover two. Receiver goes on a post corner route right in the sweet spot between the, 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 the low corner and the high safety, right? He completely overthrows the guy. And I'm like, the announcers even said it. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet and, 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 uh, uh, uh Chris Fowler, they said it like that's a throw he's made 99 out of 100 times. We've seen it was him a make lot of throws throw like, over and over. It was a lot of throws last night that we've watched him throw all season. It's just mm-hmm. that defensive line and those linebackers had him so uncomfortable. His O line was not giving him the time that he needed. It was like one, two throw. Yep. His receivers weren't getting enough time to get open. It it really was like Maybe one, two, three through. He didn't have much. And to say that that offensive line won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in college football, they didn't really perform like it last night. However, I'm not going to take anything away from Michigan. I'm going to give them full props because that defensive line is nasty. That defensive line is nasty in – one play in particular, uh, the D tackle got to Penix. And the guard that was blocking him was about 6'6", 320. You know, he looks like a tackle, but he's playing guard. So, of course, he's going to play a little upright, a little tall. And the guy that's a D tackle uh, for Michigan that was going against him, he's like 6'3", 6'4", probably about 320, 330 himself. However, he uses his speed, quickness, and the leverage to just 
you know, move. I just shoved the guy to the side and like, all right, I'm at your quarterback now. And it's like, okay, if you're going to have an oversized guy playing guard, you got to make sure that he has good bend and good leverage and good technique. You cannot have a guy that comes out of that bend and stands straight up. And then the first thing the, the, the D tackle is doing is getting under his pads and pushing him backwards. That cannot happen. That happened way too often last night, and that's part of the reason why Michigan had a, such a good time is because they control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You hear so? Yeah, I was muted uh, for dude, a That's what I was like. <laughs> uh, the intern, the. The baby interns are upstairs uh, in trouble. Oh, boy. <laughs> Had to mute it. I ain't want nobody to hear what's going on back there. Because <laughs> I looked and I was like, oh, he, he must have heard something. But, yeah, yeah man, I heard it. it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, but that that Michigan, Michigan won the same Joe Moore Award in 21 and 22. Washington just happened to win it last year. But when you have such a good offensive line going against that dominant of a defensive line, that's when you see like the the actual skill and in, in, in kind of coaching technique and the differential in okay, who's gonna and, strategize better? And Michigan was just hungry this year. That's all it was. These last two weeks, uh they've just been hungry. Very hungry. That Alabama game, um, the national championship game. It got better in the second half. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little more of a game. Washington got a little more comfortable. Um, they've had they had a couple of chances to actually come, you know, come back and win it. But again, Michigan just wanted it more. Yeah, definitely. I, I loved those two games last weekend. They both came down, you know, to Last second Touchdown. plays and you know yeah. overtime final, and final plays on pretty much final plays on both sides. So right, right, right. And the and national it, championship was better than last year's. I say that. I I, I liked it more than the TCU in uh Georgia. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. You you got a game where it was a, it was a bit of a blowout, and you kind of saw it coming at first. Washington held them off, and then. They could no longer hold Michigan back and the floodgates open, especially with the turnovers. But I mean, you just saw like, like you said, one team just wanted it more. And they found a way to continue to dig a little bit deeper, go a little bit harder, and just basically dominate that game. Um, you know, you may look at a at a 21 point win and think, like, ah, oh, well, whatever. But when you look at at one point, Michigan was averaging 13 and a half yards a carry. We talking about a first down plus every time you decide to run the football. Like that is not normal. You don't average that, you know, at any point in the game. But I mean, Michigan found a way to get it done. Uh, they ended up with 303 yards on the ground. And that's why your starting quarterback can go 10 of 18 for 140 yards and you win by three touchdowns. It's not just because your defense got two turnovers, two turnovers uh, for you. It's because you basically controlled the game with the run. 
and you forced that team into playing the way you wanted them to play, and they dictated everything basically from the get-go. The crazy part about it is, is that Michigan was only one of 10 on third downs. Washington was two of 14. Uh, Michigan was 0 of 1 on fourth down. Washington was two of five. So when you look at third and fourth down efficiency, if you just looked at those stats, you're like, I, I don't know who won this game. But when you just look at it like Michigan dominated, 303 yards rushing, and they were plus two in the turnovers. Both teams had five penalties. Uh, Washington only had 30 yards. Michigan had 45 yards. And Washington actually had a slight edge in time of possession, 30 minutes and 44 seconds to 29 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, again, run game, plus two in a turnover margin. Those are two of the stats that I always say can lead to victory. If you can win the rushing performance and win the turnover battle, that should be a dub. Yeah, it definitely, like I said, it definitely was a great game. Um, better team won. Uh, I think the better team won. Fuck them niggas. Uh, but they won. <laughs> uh, I think it's dope, I was though. That the, to see how long you was going to go before you said something. <laughs> uh, I do like, though, that the very first college of the, the very first team to win the championship in the 14 playoff was Ohio State, Big Ten. Mm -hmm. And then the very last team to win it in the four team is Michigan, Big Ten. So I think that's dope that they open and close, you know, the entire thing. Bookend it. Yeah, so that was dope. Oh, it's what up, interesting. Nick. Oh, I thought he was still in the space. Uh, but um, I think next year is going to be super interesting with this, uh, what is it, 12 team next year? The 12 teams, yeah. I like it, though, because it gives you – so now it's going to go a little longer. Now we get an extra couple weeks of college football now. You know, along I, I with think, going I into think, the college, uh, I mean, not college, kind of going into the NFL playoff all at the same time. So next year we're going to get a lot of football in that January. And they might start it a little earlier in December maybe. But at least from the – depending on when they start the college football playoff, I would say at least it's going to overlap into the NFL playoff. And it's going to well, be good. Yeah, I think – I still think that they want to end up in the same wheelhouse with the national championship game being like the first week or end of the first week or beginning of the second week or whatever, January, something like that. I don't think that they'll go too far into January so that way they don't overlap with the NFL playoffs because you want to keep working with your partner basically, quote-unquote. So I think, if anything, some of these other bowl games will get collapsed or absorbed into the college football playoff, and things will just – the playoff will start much earlier because, of course, you have three times as many teams participate as you did now. But I highly, highly, highly doubt they go any further past the last week of the NFL season. I think that they're going to look at the last week of the NFL season and make sure their national championship game is scheduled that week and go from there. I think that's how yeah, it's going to look. Yeah, because with 12, 
With a 12-team playoff now, you're adding what, eight more teams than what you had regularly. Mm-hmm. That first round of games, they're going to get out that weekend like normal, that Saturday. Pretty much all of them will probably be scattered out throughout Saturday, maybe Sunday too, but I think, probably mostly I think the on way Saturday. I think the way it's going to look. Friday, Saturday. Those top four teams are going to have a bye. And then five through twelve uh, are going to play each other. They're going to play. And then you have the top eight, and go from there. Mm. I think that's how it's that makes end sense. Up looking. That makes sense. And then the next week you'll get the top eight, and then yep. So I, yeah, that makes I sense. think that's how it's basically going to play out. Because to me, it doesn't make sense any other way. Like. You're not going to have an East and West or anything like that because of conferences and things like that. So the best way to do it is top four, get buys. Five through 12, y'all play each other. Go from there. Um, NBA, we had a lot of different stuff set up for the NBA. We're still going to talk about it, but just real quick to kick off the NBA because it's fresh. It just basically happened. Right when we were coming on air or whatever, uh, Miami Heat coach Eric Spoelstra signs an eight-year, $120-plus million extension, the most money ever committed to a coach. I want to say his contract set records for length and overall uh, pause, uh, length and uh, pause, uh, money overall. The amount of years he was given on his contract it's the most ever, and the amount of guaranteed money. That's crazy. Yeah, Miami coach for life. I don't know, man. I think it, it might be time for them to move on from Spo. I don't think I would have gave him that extension. I don't know. Hey, man, I the man is good, and he's found a way. I mean. When you look at it, is a team with Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Like, Jimmy has found a way to defy the age laws a little bit. Uh, Bam has transformed himself into a top-tier type of player, but, I mean, how far down the list do you go when you're picking teams before you pick Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler is what I'll say. You'll probably look at – you may draft LeBron, AD – Giannis and all the Embiid. You'll probably draft uh, Luca, Kyrie, KD, Steph, uh, SGA. Hell, you may even draft De'Aaron Fox before you get to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. So what I'm saying is, is I'm not saying that these guys are terrible. I'm just saying in the hierarchy of stars and superstars in the NBA, there's a whole lot of guys before you get the Jimmy and Bam. And Spo yeah. has found a way to get it done consistently with these guys. 
but they it's can't be get something. over the hump. I feel like they're a trade away. I don't know who has to get traded per se, but I mm-hmm. think because they've always found a way to get to the at least the Eastern Conference Finals every year. Damn, they found a way. When you look yeah. at the Eastern Conference, Miami is not one of them teams where you're like they're going to make it to the finals and they make it to the finals. I think they're just like a player away, a superstar. Not even just a player. They're a superstar trade away from getting over the hump. You know what I want to know sometimes? And I know we'll never know this. Mm -hmm. I wonder how true that when the Dame trade talk was going on, did they really not want to give up Tyler Hero to get Dame? That always fascinates me about the guys that teams choose to hold on to in certain trades, whether it's the NBA or Major League Baseball normally, because the NFL has very few trades like that, especially midseason. But just sometimes I wonder about that when you hear those rumors about how this team said that, yeah, they want to make the deal, but they do not want to include this guy. I wonder how true that rumor is, because when I look at Tyler Hero versus Dame Lillard and whatever else you had offered in that package, I would have sent his ass packing yesterday if that was the offer on the table. Because how often do you get? I didn't understand what Portland was doing because a consistent killer like that. Because Portland got like what two people off the books. They got a uh, mm-hmm. they got Dame off. Well, they got more than two. They got Dame off the books. They got uh, they ended Nurkic. up in Drew. Then they got Drew off the books. They got yeah. Nurkic off the books. They got because they sent Nurkic to to Phoenix. Dame is in Milwaukee. And then Drew. And they, they flipped Drew to Boston. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, they were doing a total teardown and rebuild. They want to build around these younger guys and Scoot Henderson, uh, Anthony Simons, DeAndre Ayton. And that's cool and everything, but. What you basically did was almost put Aiton back in the situation he was in in Phoenix where you have two perimeter guys who are going to dominate the ball now. And not only are those two perimeter guys going to dominate the ball, now they're much younger guys that perimeter guys are going to dominate the ball. So you have the potential of being there a lot longer with these two perimeter guys that are going to dominate the ball. How much happier is he going to be in Portland to where he's going to want to continue to stay and work on his game, so on and so forth? I don't know. I just don't see that as working out. So when you question Portland about that, the trades are one thing, what they got back. But the way they constructed that team was something else. Really centered around eight. And I think that Scoot Henderson – Anthony Simons and those guys on the perimeter will figure it out. Uh, Scoot just seems like the type of kid that wants to come in and be a real consummate professional point guard and actually get his teammates involved and whatnot. I don't see him as one of those selfish guys like trying to score 30 a game or anything like that. But 
I think that team is going to be really interesting to watch in the next couple of years. Uh, could you see Portland having the type of resurgence in the next couple of years, the way a OKC, a Minnesota, or a Kings team has, where they were once one of the lower tier teams in the Western Conference, and then through their youth movement and all those young guys growing up, playing together, and then developing something, uh, potentially transforming themselves into a playoff team. Yeah, I think they're going to have to build their team back up through the draft. Uh, maybe a trade or two, possibly. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like building them through. I think that's going to be the best way for them to build, it, build up that team is through the draft. But like, because when you think about it, what veteran would you try to bring in and sign as a free agent that would add the perfect balance to that team? It's like you really got to bring in somebody who's not going to mind taking a backseat to Henderson, Simons, Aiton, and uh, Shaden Sharp was the other guy. I knew it was another guy that I, I couldn't think of on that team. But – um. I don't know, man. I think maybe like a perimeter, another like three and D guy on the perimeter, somebody like that, like um, what would have been good for a team like that? Like once they're ready, a guy like a Dylan Brooks or a Marcus Smart or somebody like that, and that type of, I'm not saying one of those guys, but just in that type of mold, I think yeah, that they, would be the type of veteran you would need to add to a team like that. I don't even know if they need a young I don't even know if they need a young vet. I think they need like a – I don't know if it's a guard vet or a forward, maybe a center. Like bringing in like maybe a DeMarcus Cousins. Okay, uh, somebody a Dwight just a Howard, solid like, vet to come and contribute yeah, to maybe the back end of the rotation. Who also – like a Dwight Howard who's been there, who knows how mm -hmm. to win. Uh, even a DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus knows how to win. He's had good times in, in Sacramento. He had good times in New Orleans. Like Mark one of them, Cousins. there's a couple other like free agent, uh, you know, older players, not too mm -hmm. old, but older players out there right now, you know, and Isaiah Thomas, like mm -hmm. they, they need, I think that's what they need. I think OKC also is one of those teams where they're good. Their young team mm -hmm. is good, but I think in order for them for the long run, they need the vet. They also yeah. need the vet. You gotta have that 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 old nigga on the team. That Andre you do. Iguodala. You gotta you, have an Andre Iguodala. You know what yes. I mean? Like he just or the or the Udonis has him. He yes. may not play. Udonis didn't get in the game. He didn't play, but he was so instrumental on that team. Like he was very well respected. I mean, I look at a team like um, you said it perfectly. When the Warriors were finally ready to get over that hump is when they made that trade with Philly and got uh, got uh, Iguodala. When they added a Sean Livingston, you know, when they added some guys who had been around the league for a little while, who had been in some playoff games and could just help these young guys adjust. Um, when you look at, I look at a young team like the uh, the Rockets right now with a Jeff Green, uh, 
um, they added Brooks and Van Vliet to that team. Uh, when you look at the Pelicans, you got Brandon Ingram and, and Zion Williamson, but you also have that C.J. McCollum there. Uh, looking at like the Celtics, for example, um, when they were younger, and you added, you know, some of those solid veterans to that team, you know, so there was just uh, Milwaukee adding a Dame and and uh, making sure they maintained uh, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez, um, the Knicks added Jalen Brunson. Um, the Heat was a solid veteran team that just keeps adding more vets and guys just finding guys like all these undrafted uh, free agents and stuff like like that these guys find. Uh, Minnesota adding a Rudy Gobert and um, oh gosh, who, who else is it that they added there? But you see team, all these teams are littered with guys that basically, like you said, we have some young guys, but we need to bring in the right amount of vets and whatnot. Uh, Kyle Anderson was one that I thought of. Mike Conley was another uh, with, with the Timberwolves. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of that going on where these teams are bringing in guys, and it's just – I love it. To me, I love it, and, and I think that it shows that you want to win and you're actually trying to do something in order to make your team better when you try to add the right pieces. You're not just going out and spending money on the, the highest price free agent. Uh, you're not just going out trying to buy a championship. You're actually trying to add the right kind of pieces. And when you can find the right kind of pieces to add, it, it makes things look a lot better. Uh, speaking of one team in the league that added some veteran pieces, um, the Clippers. The Clippers are actually kind of on a roll right now. They're seven and three in their last 10. They're up to fourth in the Western Conference. We openly clowned the Clippers about a week or two ago when they were looking terrible. I'm I'm here to say that I was maybe I was wrong. They're obviously fourth in the Western Conference. I thought that they would be struggling to make like the play in the way they were looking at the beginning of the season. They went out, they got healthy. Um, James Harden has assimilated himself. Uh, once these guys all start playing together again, it, it's looking like they're finding a way to make it work. And as of right now, it's working. And as of right now, and I'm going to keep categorizing it like that because I've seen what James Harden will do when things don't go his way, and he right. takes the team. Because anything can happen at any moment, and it could take a turn for the worse. Exactly. So that that's why I'm just like I'm I'm just kind of nervous about the uh, the way things go for this team because right now at 23 and 13 through the first 36 games of the season, you're almost at a few games away from the midway point. It's working well. By the all-star break, it may all fall apart. By the playoffs, they may end up putting it back together. Who knows? We'll just keep an eye out. Uh, the mid-season, or I'm sorry, the in-season tournament champion Lakers are currently in the 10th spot, only a half game above the Utah Jazz for that final hanging on uh, for the play-in game. 
Um, when is Kyrie coming back and going to be fully healthy? Is he back yet? No, nah, I don't think he is. I don't think he is yet either. Because the other night when I was looking for them, I don't think he was playing it yet. Oh, no, he is back. Is he? Looks like he is. Hold up. Let me see. When was this last game they played? Oh, it's live right now. They're playing the Grizzlies. Let me see. Yeah, Kyrie is back now. Damn, he got 33 tonight. That's a comeback right there. Four assists. Shit. And I was just saying, like, the other week, because I was watching the game, and I was like, where the hell is Kyrie at? And then I saw him up in the, the suite or whatever. Like, oh, shit, he's still hurt. But, yeah, that's good to see Kyrie back, man. I love watching him and Luca play together. And I know a lot of times people may not like two ball-dominant guys to play together, thinking that how are they going to do this. But those two guys seem some kind of way to make that shit work. And it's beautiful to watch. And it's another reason why I always was frustrated because I'm like, damn, the Golden State Warriors are just kicking everybody's ass. But I love the way Golden State moves and shares the ball. Uh, it's similar to watching the Spurs back in the day, the way, you know, Duncan and Robinson, Ginobili, Parker, and all those guys that they had, Pop had there throughout the years, uh, anchored mainly by Tim Duncan, um, just the way those guys shared the ball. Now, they may only score 92 points a game back then, but, I mean, just the way those teams shared the ball, you're not always going to see uh, Magic Johnson and the Lakers or you're not always going to see a well-oiled machine like uh, stocking them alone with the pick and roll. You're not always going to see a run TMC like the Golden State Warriors with Don Nelson back in the day. Uh, you're not always going to see that 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 running gun uh, Clippers team back in the early mid 2000s or whatever. So there's a lot of times where guys are selfish in basketball. It happens. However, watching Luca and Kyrie play together and seeing how both of them play when they have the ball and also when they have, when they're off the ball, it's been beautiful to watch this year and, and kind of last year as well. It, it's just been really fun to watch two guys like that uh, between the two of them tonight. They got 60 points on 19 of 33 shooting hmm. 13 rebounds and 10 assists combined. Between Kyrie and Luca, mm -hmm. I like them together. I think uh, the Mavericks are also another team where they're missing, they're missing pieces. Um, I don't know if it's in the bench or the starting lineup. They're they're missing that something that makes now, them more dominant in the West. I, you know. I, I I've kind of felt that same way, but I can't really quite put my finger on it. Right. Um, what I do like, though, is when they picked up Lively in the draft out of Duke, mm -hmm. they needed a rim runner and a rim protector. Dwight Powell is okay, but Lively is going to be the future. He's that pick and roll, catch the lob, uh, on the break, you know, run the lane, 
uh, protect the rim, keep your guys clean, you know, clean the board. He he plays that role in which if a guy isn't a stretch five, they, that's what they want you to do. If you can't step out and shoot it, this is what we need you to do then. And he, he kind of – he's learning, and I think he's going to keep learning. And if the kid just keeps progressing – and keep showing those flashes. I can't wait to see him play. Uh, another rookie, when we were talking about them earlier, and I forgot to hit on this when we were talking about the Heat earlier, but um, uh, Jacquez Jr. for the Heat, uh, the guard out of uh, UCLA. I, I, he's one of my other favorite players to watch when I'm watching the Heat. Is that the uh, the Spanish guard? Yes. Okay. Yes. He played more of a, like a wing type of forward when he was at UCLA because they didn't really have any bigs. But mm -hmm. he's definitely like that wing, you know, kind of off guard playmaking type of guy who has MB, who has an NBA ready body. It was just finding a spot and finding somewhere where he can flourish in the right type of system, and he found the perfect spot to flourish in the perfect system. Because there's even times where they'll let him bring the ball up the court and initiate the offense in order to get things going. And on a veteran-laden team like that, for them to trust the rookie to do that, that shows that not only do you have the trust of that coaching staff, but you have the trust of those veteran teammates. And that's huge. I, I did want to make sure I highlighted that as well when we were talking about the NBA. Definitely. Uh, what else in the NBA has been crazy? It's kind of like a – it's a – well, Draymond's back. Yes. The fact that Adam Silver had to talk him off the ledge of retirement is crazy. I understand why, though. Because it gets to the point where it's like – it's on one hand, it's like, damn, man, I keep doing some dumb shit. But on the other hand, it's like, am I being targeted now? Like, maybe I just need to just, just, just hang it up. Like, maybe it's time. And I mean, I'm I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, because I still think he has a couple years left in him. But it's true, he needs to tone that shit down because Draymond is too. And I mean, he even tried to say it in his explanation of the the flying fist is what I'll call it. I was selling the call, bro. You can sell the call without swinging your fist like that. Stop it. I think this last one, to be honest, won't even that bad. To be completely honest, um, oh boy, that he hit sold the fuck out of it. But this won't even the worst out of everything Draymond's done. This shit was so light, and it was over dramatic on both sides, his and uh, the other player. Like it was, it 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 got blown way bigger than it probably should have been. I'm gonna put it to you like this. If you got a rap sheet a mile long and some shit pop off, who they gonna look at first? Of course. They gonna look at your ass. Of course. And that didn't help. They said it last year when uh when Joe Dumar said it. Like, bro, at this point, it's going off what, what you've done in the past. You exactly. could exactly you could give somebody the finger poker doom and they're gonna give you 40 games for that shit because pre before that, you didn't did all this other shit. So. Exactly. Like you, you no longer get the benefit of the doubt. Like if that was Demonis Sabonis, right? 
he'd have probably got the benefit of the doubt. If that was uh, uh, Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain would have probably got the benefit of the doubt. Because it was Draymond Green, you lose that benefit of the doubt. And yep. he has to know that. And the worst part about it was, was it wasn't even a natural motion. Like it was just like some flailing. Who falls like that when you have that one arm going up and you're looking at your arm go up and you're looking at your arm flail? Like, come on, man, stop. Tremont did that shit on purpose and he thought he was gonna get away with it. And he got busted. That's what happened. But either way, I'm glad he's back. Um uh, one guy that is back in. Grand opening, grand closing. Hey, John. John's back for about what, two weeks? I think like nine games. About two weeks. Maybe three. Yeah, about, about two weeks. Two or three weeks, just depending on how they spread them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That 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 just sucked. That that no, I feel bad for him because one, you you get suspended, you sit out, you're excited to come back, you come back. You're playing amazing. You got your team winning. I think they only lost one game in that that nine game stretch. I think they went eight and one. I think they might have went nine and zero. I might be wrong, but um, either way, he had them playing so much better. Marcus Smart was back. They were starting to click, and then now this and their seasons. I'm not gonna say it's like in the drain, but they're kind of going. I think with Marcus Smart at least. They, they were six least, and three with Ja. Okay, six and three, which is still good. Yeah, it's still very, very good. good. They, were, they were on track that at least make some noise, like I had said last week, mm-hmm. and at least make some type of push going in. I think I still think they can with the healthy market smart. They still got um Derrick Rose. Like they have a good team, they have a good young core that can do some things. I think they're still looking at bottom of the West, maybe playing game, possibly, but definitely possibly. Um, I just hate that happened to John, man. Like he was excited about being back. He was playing amazing, and now he's he's done again. So but sometimes this could have been the blessing in disguise that he wasn't even hoping for because he came back and he was talking. He was popping his shit, and it's like, okay, pop your shit, but relax a little bit. Don't get too aggressive with your shit. And it seems like then this happened, and it's like, damn, I really hate that. Again, like you said, like that it happened to him, but it's like, you know, you never know, man. Sometimes it could be for the best, and it could just help him put things in the extra perspective. Like, give him a little more time to sit and yeah, think. Yeah, a little more time like, to let everything marinate. You know, it's like, one thing. It's one thing being suspended. Mm-hmm. It's another thing getting hurt because that injury can take you away from the game more than the suspension. The suspension, you know, you eventually come to right because you know on this date I come back. No matter what, I'm coming back. Uh, when we were, I was texting with Dre when we were in the group chat the other day. That's why I asked him how long, because in the press release, the Grizzlies said he'll be ready for the start of the 24 25 season. 
They do training camp, media day, and all of that kind of early October. Preseason gets started about a week and a half, two weeks at the most. A few games. Season starts end of October, roughly. For Ja to be ready, he has to be ready sometime around October, which is about nine months from now. Dre says, considering the injury that he had, the top athlete that he is, so on and so forth, he could be ready in about six or seven months. So well ahead of, you know, the season starting. but Because we don't know how he got hurt, how severe it is. It don't seem like it's super severe. Bad enough that they're shutting him down and he got to have surgery, of course, but it's not like – it might not be as bad where it's like it's going to take him that long. Like he's – like Dre said, six to seven because it sounds like he can, which is right on par of when the season is going to start. So Right. And he had the tear in the labral muscle. Uh, I think they call it the subluxation. I can't remember the exact meaning for all of that, but because I had looked it up. But um, basically, he's got to get it repaired. You can't just rehab an injury like that because it's an actual muscle tear at a crucial junction in your shoulder. So it's like, it, it just, it sucks. It is what it is, but thank God it wasn't like, you know, the way Dre was describing his injury and everything where, you know, you arm is just hanging there by skin pretty much because everything's all torn and broken. But it, it's, it's still, it's just a really tough blow to that team. And when I look at that team, the people that are going to have to step it up are going to be Jaron Jackson on both ends of the floor. Uh, I believe he's one of those top defensive player of the year candidates all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, of course, is going to have to step it up. Desmond Bain is going to have to do more. Um, they're going to have to get something out of guys like Brandon Clark. And they're really going to have to get more out of Luke Kennard as well. Um I'm just not sure that that team has enough to dig themselves out of the hole that they're in in the Western Conference. To make noise in the West? No. To make right now they're they're four and a half games behind the Lakers for the tenth spot. The teams in front of them are the Golden State Warriors and Utah Jazz. Both teams, I think, four better. Even with Ja, I think they're better. Even yeah. though Golden State is up and down. Utah they, has – Utah's up and down. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to mesh Colin Sexton with the rest of the team. Yep. Um, and they're having a hard Collins. time. They're having a hard time. Um, one of those teams that's in that 7 through 10 range that I don't see going away anytime soon just because of the level of talent that they have, no matter that they can't get all their guys healthy at the same time, is Phoenix. I just think yeah. that Phoenix has too much firepower for them to really go anywhere. Uh, if anything, they'll stay in that six to ten range all year because they're just that talented. Uh, the teams in that top six, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Denver, uh, Clippers, Kings, and Mavs, um, barring injury and the major injury for quite a bit of time, I don't see any of those teams really going anywhere. I think that a lot of these teams are just going to trade barbs and trade punches until we settle on the last 10. 
And we could see this same 10 to me in the West be there because the Lakers are, you know, they have, of course, have talent. I just said Phoenix has talent. But you look at the Pelicans and the Rockets, the teams that are kind of, you know, they're young and talented, but, you know, can they sustain what they've started so far this season? Who knows? They may be able to, they may not be able to, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch over there in the West because I don't think that those 10 teams are changing. Now, when we look at the East, the East is really top heavy because I don't see anybody outside of that top six, like in that seven through 10, 11, 12 range, making any noise. In the West, you could see a team like the Suns or the Lakers going on a run because of who they have on those teams. Uh, the Pelicans have, you know, scared some people in the playoffs before. Uh, I don't think the Rockets will make very much noise. You look at the East, Cleveland or, or Orlando would be the one exception, I will say, in the East as a team that's 7 through 10 that could make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, I like I like Orlando a lot. Um, I think Orlando is like another one of those young teams that's drafted well, uh-huh. picked up the right free agents. Um, they're meshing and playing amazing basketball. Uh, Bancaro is is coming into his own in the league. Um, pretty much everything he did from Duke into coming into the league, he's been right on par so far, and I feel like he's brought the rest of the team along with him. Yeah, he pulled up uh, in that last game, and I'm not sure uh, how he's how that's going to work out, how he's going to go, or what's going on, or what have you. But um, I love that kid's game, and like you don't realize, oh, he did end up playing 35 minutes uh, against the the T Wolves. They just end up getting blown out by 21, but. I look at that team and I'm like, they got a bunch of guys that's like 6'9", 6'10", with the same skill set. And at first, I did not see the vision, honestly. I couldn't see it. I was just like, why are you getting yet another, you know, uh, 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", wing, you know, combo forward type of guy? But I, I promise you, they're making it work and it looks... It looks good going forward, and I, I like the mix that they have there. The Wagner brothers, uh, Bancaro, Suggs, uh, Fultz, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Joel uh, Ingles Cole, is there. Cole Anthony. Um, okay, Cole, and that's the, I'm looking at his name, Cole and I'm like, Anthony. not even saying it, but yeah. Like they they have a team of good, young, exciting players, and they play a brand of basketball that makes you want to watch them. Um, but I mean, it's 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 always going to be an uphill battle for all those teams in the East. And when I look at the East, really, I mean, the Knicks are a nice team, but to me, it's a re- it's really a heavyweight fight between Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. And that's about it. And I see the winner of the East coming from one of those three teams, Milwaukee, Boston, or Philly. 
I don't see it coming from anybody else. And if there was some way I could place a bet on one of those three teams versus the field in the East, I would definitely take Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly as opposed to any other team in the East combined. Um, by the way, Boston is still undefeated at home right now, 17-0 and 0 on the season at home. They are the only remaining undefeated team uh, this NBA season at home. Uh, the only other team that kind of comes close to them is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who only have two losses at home. They're 14-2. and two. Um, So not surprising that both of those teams are also number one seeds in their respective conferences as well. Uh, so when you take care of home, oftentimes you will uh, have a really good record. Uh, those two teams are also very good in their division. Um, Boston right now is 10 and one in their division, which is crazy because they play so many divisional games. Uh, whereas the team was only four and one in their division. They haven't played very many at all, uh, which to me kind of lends itself to the fact that with the Timberwolves having so many divisional games left, uh, rivalry teams seems that they're used to playing multiple times a year, every single year that, that know each other very well, they may end up dropping some of those games. Uh, because you will get a lull in play. You'll get uh, one of those parts of the NBA season where things kind of drag and it won't really land the way it should. And what you'll end up getting is you'll drop a couple of games here and there. Typically, you'll drop those games to teams that are more familiar with you, teams that you kind of play more often. Uh, or it could be one of those, you know, road games, getaway games, a back-to-back or something like that, you know, dropping a game here and there. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the NBA the rest of the season uh, going down the stretch. But like I said, in the East, I see Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly coming out of it. And as of right now in the West, it's really hard to tell because the two teams at the top of the Western Conference, uh, Minnesota and OKC, we haven't seen either of those teams do anything in recent memory of, of great. Um, you haven't seen the Clippers or the Kings or the Mavs do anything of, of great, like of great significance lately. The only nope. team in the top six that you've seen really do anything is Denver. And so that's another reason why I think the Western Conference is a lot more wide open than the Eastern Conference. You just haven't seen a lot of those teams in the West do a whole lot lately as far as the playoffs are concerned. Whereas those teams in the East, especially those top three, like I said, you've seen them constantly dominate that conference over the last five, six, seven, eight years. Nothing's really changing. It's just some some pieces here and there. Now, speaking of a good heavyweight fight. Oh. Uh, Real quick before we get off of basketball. Tyrese Halliburton? No. We've had number one and number two lose tonight. UH lost earlier to Iowa State. Mm. And Purdue just lost to Nebraska. You know what's crazy? I have not been keeping up with college basketball. I was watching some of the UH game earlier, and I'm just like, fuck y'all doing like y'all are like sleepwalking y'all know this team can beat y'all right 
it was like a four point game. It was 23 19. And then Iowa State opened up a 10 point lead. UH drew it back close, like within, I think, like five or six, maybe before I, I got in. And I, I wasn't paying attention anymore because I was watching it. And I kept looking at the score, and UH was, they were only down, it was down less than 10, but they could never just close that gap and take a lead. And Iowa State ended up holding on and beating them. And then Nebraska just rolled over, looked like uh, Purdue 88 to 72. Hmm. But again, it's just like I was just talking about, like with the Timberwolves only having played five division games so far this year. They got a lot of division games that they're going to play the rest of the year, uh, most likely in the second half because we're nearing the halfway point. And just like these teams in college basketball, sometimes you'll drop a game that you're not supposed to to a team that you shouldn't lose to later on in the season. Same thing's going to end up happening in the NBA. But again, segue. That heavyweight fight that we're looking at in the East is pretty similar to the heavyweight fight that we're going to get coming up. This past week, we saw now months ago, well, not even a month ago, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the big card over in Saudi. The big, the, the heavyweights and everything. We think in Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, they win their respective fights. They have a foregone conclusion. Place. We pretty much that, wrote them in. That's what we thought. That's what we thought. And boy, were we wrong. Because Deontay Wilder, the only thing he proves to us is that <laughs> this dumbass, he, I'm not even going to call that man a dumbass because that, that's disrespectful. This motherfucker still cannot box. Footwork is horrible. He's a Hands fighter. Horrible. He's Kimbo Slice. He's a fighter. He's, He's a Kimbo. puncher. Yep. He is not a boxer. There's no technical skill at all. But even with that, Anthony Joshua still wanted to do the fight. Exactly. I, I think Deontay's side was more or less like, no, nah, we need to we need to go back to the drawing board. I don't want to accept something too, too soon. And I can understand that. I, I fully understand that. So from that, we got Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou. And I Francis. Francis is out to show y'all that what he showed you in the last fight, he pretty much beat Tyson Fury. Yes. He he beat Tyson Fury. And we talked about that. Boxing could not have its cash cow lose. But can he beat Anthony Joshua? I don't know. It's going to be even. Anthony Joshua looked really great in his fight. Really great. Early round stoppage. Didn't go too long. He's, I think if Francis is, has worked on his uh, breathing, because mm -hmm. that was that was a little bit of the issue in the Fury His fight, cardio. His cardio. If he worked on that, along with what he already is great at, it could be a long night for Anthony. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, Joshua looked like he worked on his, like, his, his cardio. He worked on his footwork and getting in and out and i think that and what i mean by getting in and out is like as a boxer if you're circling your opponent you're the one dictating the move and the pace of the fight you may let them stalk you into a corner or against the ropes but you're basically dictating the pace of the fight 
what Joshua has learned now is to get in by getting his punches off, getting his combos off, you know, getting his his timing, uh, so on and so forth in, and then backing back out before you get counterpunched. He's learning. I mean, he would stand in there and trade, but you would see him when he would stand in the trenches and trade with guys as big as he is. He can't use his leverage, which is his, his arm reach. And a, a big, long, strong arm puncher like that, pause, you can't get any punches in on the inside. So you need to be at a certain length away from your opponent to get those arms moving and get full extension on those punches. He's learned to come in, work, back out, and still use his length, his jab, and the one-two, you know, basic jab, straight right combo, jab, jab, straight right, or jab, jab, hook. You know, he's learning to work those combos kind of using incongruency with his footwork and getting in and out is basically what I'm trying to say. He's going to test Nganu, mm-hmm. but the one place – this is where Deontay Wilder has. And this is what I think Francis Ngannou has over Deontay Wilder because Francis Ngannou is seemingly working on his footwork and certain, you know, basic techniques intentionally. Whereas Deontay Wilder has loaded up that right hand and has never really had to, have never been forced to get in his bag and really develop a bag to, to, per se. Ngannou is working on his bag from the get-go. And he's already this good to where he can hang in there with the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, me personally, I'm waiting for the odds to come out because I'm putting at least a small bet on Ngannou to win straight up. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I think uh, I think Ngannou can get that very easily. And and my thing is. You can work on getting better at a lot of things in boxing as you grow and you mature, but one thing you cannot really strengthen is your chin. You can do some neck exercises and things like that and try to brace yourself for the blow, but once guys see that you have some sort of glass chin and you can't really take a punch, that does not go away. That does not get better. It actually gets worse as you get older and you take more punches to the face. And the one thing that Ngannou can do is he can land a big punch. We've seen it in the UFC constantly. We've even seen it in his debut fight against uh, Tyson Fury. He put him on the ground. Uh huh. Tyson is a big dude, 6'9", something about that, 270, 280. Something that a lot of people have not done. Exactly. It took Deontay Wilder, what, 10, 11 rounds or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if people really think about this kind of stuff, but when you see a guy that large, though these humongous super heavyweights, these because these guys are like in their 250s and 60s. When you see a guy that that when you see guys that huge, it takes a hell of a lot of punching power to knock a guy like that on his ass. For you to do that to a guy that's that much larger than you, who's a professional, who's been doing this for the last 20 or so, 30 years, you've been a, a, a combat sports guy, but that's MMA. This this is just boxing. 
is these two right here, and that's all you get. And I just think that Nganu has something special. I think that his something special is also Anthony Joshua's weakness. And I just see the fight going his way. I think if he can get a really good one landed, I think that he'll end the fight quickly. He'll knock him down. I think once Joshua feels that power, I think that's going to change him. Just like Mike Tyson says, you everybody got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. I just think and that's Joshua, that go. Joshua also moves better, I think, footwork-wise than uh, Fury. Fury actually didn't have good footwork in that fight. Fury didn't look good in that fight at all. True. I will I will give you that. Yeah, he 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 didn't he looked like he 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 trained, but he didn't look like he took the fight as seriously Serious. as he should have. Exactly. Like he if thought that makes he any ahead. sense. He's like, this is some MMA bloat. I'ma just mm -hmm. come in <laughs> and I'ma just on some kind of McGregor shit. Like I'ma just knock him out. Yeah, it, it, exactly. He's gonna exactly. get gassed, and I'll be able to just uh -huh. push him down. Some shit like that. Yep. I I don't know, man. It's just I I, I like I love that we're getting these kind of fantasy matchups because this is the type of shit that we would sit around and talk about and, and tweet about, go back and forth about, or whatever. And it, I hate to say it, but it almost took like the celebrities trying to come in and take over boxing and it took the ufc to do what they've been doing over the last 10 15 20 years in order for boxing to be like hey you know we got to get our shit together i need that heavyweight division to and it, and it finally has it's it's got some parity mm -hmm. now because before it was the smaller right i mean to be honest with you the last what five years the smaller divisions mm -hmm. maybe yeah. longer than that uh, I, I would say over the last 20 or so years. Yeah. Because to me, the last time we had a great heavyweight division was Tyson. When uh, you you had when Lennox Lewis was kind yeah. of running the rough shot over the division and there was really nobody else left for him to fight. Until the Klitschko's came in. And by that time, Lennox was old and you didn't really have very many other guys out there. And then that was just that was, it was a lull in the division. Yeah. But I'm 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 excited. Um, guy that uh, my homeboy Jaron he he we, we do we've been watching boxing since we was kids, but he he hit me to uh, Jared Big Baby Davis, and Big Baby Davis is he did not that he got the extra motivation to move his family out of the hood. Like it, it, it sounds like a typical you know, made for TV movie type of story. But when you see that kid and you, you watch him interview and you hear him tell his story and you, and you see how, you know, cool, calm and collected he is, but how driven and focused he is as well. I just hope for big things for the kid. And I really hope that he continues to work on his craft. Um, but I think that he's going to be the next great American heavyweight that we're going to see that's going to probably do some things in the heavyweight division. And I hope that he takes it a lot further than what Deontay Wilder was able to take it. Yeah, I definitely think he can. Like I said, it's even even in some of those guys who took losses um, uh, at that event, mm -hmm. it was a lot that came out of it. 
Yeah, there's just, you know, I, I wonder sometimes, like, do guys actually think about, they carefully craft their careers too much. That was a, another topic that came up in, in, in boxing, um, especially with the with the Ryan Garcia flip-flop uh, this week, a few days ago. Um, they want to craft a career instead of crafting a legacy. And those are two different things. Crafting a legacy means you're fighting all the top guys in your weight class, in and around your weight class, and you're just trying to basically collect infinity stones, collect belts like infinity stones. Like, I want to beat all the guys at every weight class as I move up, and then I want to retire as having won all these championships and all these weight classes and beating all the top guys. Crafting a career means you're basically picking and choosing who you fight when you fight them in order to make the most money. Sort of, sort of like fight some of the best. Floyd Mayweather effect. But you're not fighting the best though. Right. You're you're fighting crafting a career. You are you're fighting some of the best but you're not fighting them at their best. You're, you're fighting, fighting, sometimes you're fighting names instead of fighting fighters. And to me, that's what we've talked about this before, like what Devin Haney has been doing. Mm -hmm. where, well, you got a lot of the guys like tanking them are like, let's get in the fucking ring. You got Shakur Stevenson that's like, let's get in the fucking ring. And you got mm -hmm. Devin Haney that's like, eh, eh. No, it might, this a better fight over here with this guy that, don't nobody know his name, but he got a belt, so I'm gonna just go take his belt. Right, right. And, but we and, don't know who he is, though. And to me, honestly, like I, I just wish that I wish that guys would just like say, "Okay, I'm at 147. Who's all the top guys at 147? I'm fighting all y'all. I want, I want to knock all you niggas off." Like do do the and it may sound cheesy, but do the Cody Rhodes thing. When Cody left WWE, Cody made a list of all the top independent guys he wanted to have matches with. And he went out and he did it. And not only did he do it, he did it in the manner in which he made himself a bigger star. Well, boxing could learn something from something like a guy like a Cody Rhodes or you know, somebody who made a list and says, Hey, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna take this on. You know, look look at people who make a literal bucket list or look at people who, who set goals and things like that. You know, uh, uh, we're going through something like that at my job. We're focusing on setting goals and things like that. And I'm just like, what if boxing went to something like that? That would be great because now we could see the top guys fight all the top guys. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it probably won't happen. And just because it won't happen or it doesn't seem likely doesn't mean that it, it won't happen. It's just that the likelihood of something like that happening is, is kind of falling off, which the likelihood of NCAA college football ever coming out. I, I don't, I'm lost at this these point niggas, in time. These niggas trolled us. I'm watching all this halftime shit. Like, all right, where's it? Where's it? And then they go back to the game. 
I'm like, okay, so we're going to get it somewhere in the second half. Where it's at? Bruh. All I could do, and I'm glad I, I saw this tweet, like, we hours in the morning. They said, what, when, when I find out who started that NCAA football uh, trailer release rumor or whatever, and they showed some guys rolling up to some random dude at a gas station and, like, kidnapping him. And I, at this point, I'm like, you know what? Whoever is causing these delays, they need to catch hands and feet because this is something serious. Like, I literally did not pay attention to Madden hardly at all this release. Got the game, the played it a few, and then I'm just like, I'm just, I was already burnt out probably two, three Maddens ago. At this point, it's just an exercise in like muscle memory to get it. Yeah, pretty much. Because I always looked at Madden like, it's the game I'm going to go get. I'm mm-hmm. going to get it every year. But it's the game I play with the homies when they come over the crib. It's the game where, you know, the fellas are playing online. It's like, yo, let's run one real quick. It, right. It's not something that I'm sitting at the crib by myself. Lately, I have, which is crazy. I've really been playing lately, like just on my own. But mm-hmm. it's it's usually not that game that you do that. So yeah, I'm hoping uh NCAA football gives me more of what they did before, and it's not just college's version of man. I need exactly what I got in NCAA 14 with newer mechanics, with newer graphics. Yes. Because 14, I still got 14. I'm still playing 14. To be honest with you. <laughs> I'm in year like 20 something as a head coach, but <laughs> yeah. like I'm definitely 20 years in as a head coach right now. <laughs> I done switched schools like five or six times already. Bro, like, I, I don't even up, have a system no more to even play bro, the game. I built up Syracuse <laughs> with a powerhouse. And Syracuse is like top five in the nation every year ever since I left. Like, I need that with the new one, though. But with the Madden mechanics, in a sense. just Right, like, right. It, it's a lot of stuff I want them to take from Madden. Take from the old NCAA football, bring in some other new stuff and put it together and make it amazing. Bro, honestly. And recruiting. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. It wasn't even playing. Dynasty mode. Playing, yeah. playing was amazing. But for me, it was dynasty it mode was, with the recruiting. It was going through the recruiting, going yep. through the like all of the offseason stuff. Picking making the schedule, <laughs> yes. all of that, all of that, even during the in season recruiting, like recruits visiting, like all of that entire right. thing of dynasty mode was what made me love NCAA football. I will never forget me and my homeboy. We would like, we would fight over who you got to play because you know like when you making the schedule and you doing dynasty mode with multiple people of course you can't schedule like for the state or whatever on the same week we would get into it trying to schedule the top teams or whatever on our schedule and everything right and it was always something man but if they could just take ncaa 14 modernize it add in some nil and transfer portal factors and, uh, you know, of course, graphics and all of that kind of stuff. I would be a happy camper. Update the playbooks, of course. 
transfer portal, NIL, um, you know, the formations, graphics, all that kind of thing, uniforms, all that. Just give me what I want. Give me like like uh, uh, when when Denzel, when he was playing Frank Lucas in American Gangster, mm -hmm. he said, this is blue magic. This is a brand name. Like we we expect that from EA Sports NCAA football. Like y'all got a legacy to live up to. It's been ten years since we've had this game. Like don't play with us. Eleven years, really. Don't play with us. Give us what we want. Give us what we're used to. Okay. Don't get cute. Don't get you know. Like, oh, let's try to spice. No, don't spice nothing up. Don't put no goddamn raisins in the potato salad, EA. Lee, I I just finished eating potato salad. I don't put raisins in my shit. No, nobody. I use the same recipe my mama taught me that my grandma so, taught her that her grandma or whoever taught her. It's the same shit. Don't play with us. And they ain't even my rant for this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They ain't even my rant for this week, but since I'm already feeling it, fuck it. I think I'm, I'm actually with you on the rant. I might join you on that one. Uh, but you can go ahead. I put on my Saints robe, my Saints t-shirt. I'm not showing y'all, but I got on my Saints pants and my Saints socks. I, I have Saints socks. I do. And I I'm wearing my on. black taxi 12s, too. Because even though my team went nine and eight <clears throat> in an exercise of futility this whole season and didn't make the playoffs, nine and eight is still good, man. Hey, it's a winning record. It is. It's a Mike Tomlin season. Exactly. They're Shout out to Mike Tomlin too. Man. Seventeen seasons 17. in a row. Got to get that brother his prop. What is uh, technically twenty for the franchise? Because the last three with Cowher. Gotta so get everybody his props. 20 straight years of winning football. Exactly. And I love football, and professionals play football. I love professional football. I love all football, regardless of the level. However, when the topic came up, should Jameis Winston had called the audible out of the victory formation from the one yard line, or should he have allowed his teammate Jamal Williams to get a touchdown? There's several things that go into this. Number one, Jameis didn't make that decision himself. It was a team decision. All 11 guys on that field made that decision together. And I'm sure with the aid and the blessing of some guys on that sideline, Jamal Williams came to this team after leading the, came to the Saints after leading them and in, in leading the league last year in rushing touchdowns with 17. Was not offered very many deals, signed like a one-year, three, four, five million dollar deal or whatever with the Saints. He's the backup running back. He plays a kind of different position. Everybody thought that, oh, when Kamara suspended, Jamal Williams is going to get more playing time. Ends up rookie Kendra Miller from TCU. Played national championship game last year. Kendra Miller ended up getting more carries and whatnot. It comes down to this last play of the season. Saints are up 41-17. They get an interception and gets returned to the one-yard line. 
Dennis Allen puts Jameson calls victory formation. They decide, nah, we call it an audible. We're going to let Jamal get this touchdown because he does not have a touchdown all year. They chose to do that. I have no problem with this at all. None whatsoever. What is one touchdown? One touchdown didn't make a, like Jameis said, one touchdown didn't make a difference. They were already getting their ass kicked. They had, did it offend you that we scored 41 with seven more? You didn't stop us. Thank you. Thank you. However, all of the shit talking, all of the, the back and forthness, and as a Saints fan, it's going to forever be fuck the Falcons. I'm going to just be real. I don't like that city. I don't like that team. I don't like their fans. I don't like they 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 fake ass uh, food scene. I don't like they traffic. I don't like they small. I don't I hate they traffic. I you know what? I really don't like a whole lot about that city except Jeff and De'Aaron. I like Jeff and De'Aaron. I like them too. Them the only two people in Atlanta I like, and maybe a few more. I don't know, but anyway. When a former Atlanta Falcon, O.C. Uminyora, tweeted the video of the Falcons were up 23-14 to 14 against the Saints. A few seconds left, Saints are trying to score, trying to make something respectable out of it. Um, I believe it was a fumble or a, a tip pass or something like that. Anyway, O.C. Uminyora gets the ball, picks it up, and he could have just slid kneel down into the game, right? Nah. O.C. said, it's going to be a house call. Fuck the Saints. I'm a Falcon. I'm scoring this cabal. He went down and scored. O.C. tweeted the video of that and basically said in layman's terms, I have, I'll paraphrase, I have no problem with what the Saints did. It's a rivalry. Get over it. That right there is all you need to know. The way Jameis's teammates had he and Jamal Williams' back, all you need to know. The way Dennis Allen bitch ass apologized to Arthur Smith, who literally got fired a few hours later, which was I didn't understand that. You got mad at one touchdown, but not the 41 other they scored they put up on you prior to that. Like, if you don't want them to score, stop them. Craft the defense to stop them. To the people who say, well, you called an audible out of the victory formation. You didn't really give them a chance. Fuck you and your chance. You had 11 other people on the field, just like I did. Stop me. Okay? Like, don't sit up here and try to make these guys feel bad because they got their teammate a touchdown who had not scored all year, who led the league in touchdowns last year, in rushing touchdowns last year. If you didn't want it to happen, maybe your quarterback should have threw an interception. Maybe if he threw the interception, they should have tackled him before he got to the one-yard line. Or fuck it, you could have just let him score. You allowed all of that to happen, and then you get mad because they decide to run one more play to get a guy a touchdown? Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, this is why I can't hate I, – I, I don't like Falcons fans and, and all that bitching and whining and stuff that they've been doing. Like, y'all have only gone to Super Bowls only to lose them 
terribly. You've never followed up a Super Bowl season with another, a better season or a back-to-back playoff appearance or anything like that. You have done nothing and contributed nothing to the significance of the game of football outside of Michael Vick and maybe a few other players. Like in Deion Sanders. Like if it wasn't for Michael Vick and Deion Sanders, people wouldn't even give a shit about the Falcons. You would just be another nameless, faceless team in the NFL. Like the only reason why you're significant is because you have this rivalry with the Saints. So maybe instead of complaining about the Saints running up the score on you, maybe say thank you for keeping us relevant because we haven't done shit to keep ourselves relevant. I have a quick my time. So my piece that I'm adding to it is Shannon Sharp. Mm. That was the part that out of all of this, like you, you're more of a fan and you're like in that. So you, you see more of the, the fan side of it, uh, you know, the local reporters that, you know, but Shannon on a national level mm-hmm. on his podcast, on everything that he has, because he has such a big voice right now. Mm-hmm. On everything he's been on has been continuously calling for this man to be cut, which, mm-hmm. like you say, it can't be cut because he's a free agent after, and they're probably going to keep him. They may not. I think Dennis Allen's the one that needs to go, but that's just me. Yeah, um, definitely. And every teammate has 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 spoke up, uh, especially Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, every teammate has spoke up about him. How. Um, it won't know Jameis. It was on the entire team. I don't know. I guess because Jameis is the quarterback, everybody feels like Jameis is the easy one to because he's such a fun-loving, easygoing guy. Everybody feels like he's he's the punching bag. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the way Shannon and I love when I'm looking at it on Twitter how everybody has jumped on Shannon's ass. Exactly. Everybody has jumped on Shannon. Like, bro, are you serious? Two of the biggest things that, that that showed me something was, number one, Cam Jordan for the Saints. Cam Jordan is a fun-loving guy. He's gregarious. Much He's basically like Jameis on defense, but more, more respected and serious. When Cam Jordan comes out and has your back and talks about there needs to be a change in leadership, that says a whole hell of a lot because Cam don't say shit like that. That's one thing. Two is when every single one of your teammates and former teammates talk about you are a leader. You are the best teammate they've ever played with. Every single teammate, current and former, all come out and support you. And, like, I love the way, like, some people in the media and whatnot have tried to vilify only Jameis. When, like, even Cesar Ruiz, the, the, the right guard, said this wasn't a Jameis thing. This was a team thing. So why is everybody focusing on Jameis? Like, that, that, that to me spoke volumes. Volumes. But Shannon Sharp? Uh, 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 uh. As much as I ride for Unk, this was the one time where 
<laughs> this is the one time where this Damn. is just the this is just the one time I just couldn't. I, I really couldn't. Like it was, and like I said, I was so glad to see so many people jump on him mm -hmm. to be like, "Hey, no, nah, brother, no, nah, not this time. This ain't it." Yeah, like this, <laughs> this is way too far this time. This ain't it. You definitely went way too far this time to call for a man to be to be cut. And again, anybody who pays attention to Shannon, Shannon say some wild shit a lot. Mm -hmm. We just, I think we just glaze over it because everybody's so enamored with Unk and we so happy with his platform. And I think right. he's letting it get to his head a little bit now. Now he's he letting that 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 uh, Skip Bayless kind of rub off on him a little bit. Been around Skip getting, a little that, that, that and you know, Shannon is not really a hot take artist. He may have some hot takes, but he's not one of those guys that's gonna say something outrageous and just ride with it and stand on it or whatever the way he did with this mm -hmm. it's almost like instead of him doing that thing where he'll like you know I'll admit when I'm wrong so instead of him just admitting when he's wrong he doubled down on it and basically like oh, I'm standing on this and I think because of the way we view him and we we he's basically our football version of Charles Barkley Basically, he's more now, outgoing and, and doing more pods and doing more content and stuff. So and he can articulate like himself. Right. We we tend to like him a little bit more, I'll say, or, or consume more of his content that he puts out because Mark doesn't put out very much. But we hold him in that high regard. And I think that when a guy that you hold in that high regard says something so foolish, it kind of knocks him down a peg or so for you in your eyes. So it, 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 I mean, it is what it is, man. It happened. Uh, I'm still going to, you know, pay attention to him. Still going to follow him. Still going to, you know, do all of that. It's just, it, it, it kind of makes you look at him a little, just, just a little bit, just a little bit differently. Just a little bit differently. Um, That wraps up. Episode 15 of Sucio Sports. Episode 15. And as usual, there's a mini intern in the background. <laughs> My gosh. Hi. What's up? Yeah. You say hi? There you go. You got to say hi. I love how he just like casually just started just appearing in the background talking. What up, little man? Hi. Hey, there he is. What's up? Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There he is. The little Tasmanian devil of the house. What's up? Bye. No. No? Bye. Hi. Bye. Bye. He said bye. See you later. He said bye. He said, he said night night. Night night. Yeah, I'm about night -night. to go to sleep too, yeah. man. I'm tired. It's past my bedtime. Yeah. yeah. So episode 15 is over. No, no, you can't. Okay. No. See, look, I'm turning off the lights. Hopefully, we got the outro music right today. I, I was playing it. Oh, where are you?
Yeah, it's not right there. See, man, I think I got a short in this wire. It's it's like a short in this wire is what I'm convinced it is because it's plugged in. Why me, Daddy? Why me? It's just is it's, it's, it's got to be something with this wire. I'm a I'm gonna play with it. Pause. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna test it out or something one of these days, but we're gonna just get on and. Yeah. I think I may use this from now on because this lighting is a little bit better for me. Hey, Daddy. I know, right? Sitting here trying to use the ring light to make use of it, and it ain't working. That's it's making like. shit worse. I like, I like the the lights in here. So, yeah, I just. I, what I could do is probably tone it down, but it's like, I don't know. I'll figure something out. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, episode 15, guys, we appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, those watching on YouTube, those listening over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday live for those of you that want to catch us live. For those of you who cannot, it is always going to be dropped at least by Thursday. Uh Wednesday we try, but at least by Thursday uh, every week. And we definitely appreciate each and every one of you who listen, who tune in, who give us feedback. Hey, we got to look at the graphics and see who, who we going to put on the graphics for this week. Um, yeah. Put on last week because I don't want us to like double it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much, it's, it's damn near the same thing. Uh, and that's what I was thinking because I was like, wait a minute. End up with the same damn people on it, but like we yeah. got some differences we can make. We got some differences we can make this week from last yeah. week. I'm gonna I'm I'm pull it up and look at it before we send that text out. <laughs> I just thought about that. Just thought about that. Of course, yeah, we, of course, our graphic maker gonna make sure we got Michigan on there. Oh yeah, of, of course, of course. Fuck <laughs> Crazy. Want the niggas on there. Fuck the niggas. I'm gonna just say Michigan. That's it. Put Harbaugh. Just put Harbaugh. I'm cool. I'm cool with you putting Harbaugh. Did we? I think we had Harbaugh last week. I want to say it was like Lamar, Harbaugh. I know we had CR7 and like somebody else. It was was Ja. It was AJ. It was Lamar. It was um, uh, Russell. And then it was uh, LSU's coach. Okay. Okay. Oh gotcha. no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I went. I went too far. No, that was a week before. Um. Yep. It was. It was Lamar John, Washington. It was. Uh. Damn. So three of the two of the people. John and uh Lamar. We can use them again. You just gotta spread it. Put them in different places now. We could use Purdy or CMC. Um, we're we going to figure this out. Look, y'all ain't got to be all behind the scenes with us, okay? That's the off-air discussions and shit. <laughs> y'all trying to get all in our business and stuff, figure out how we do stuff around here. Y'all need to mind y'all business. You know. But episode 15, seriously, though, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Y'all be back next week, Tuesday or Wednesday, around 8.30. We get started live. Appreciate y'all. Next week. Next week. Later.